This is live from the table, the official podcast of New York's world famous comedy salad coming at you on Sirius XM 99 and on the Laugh Button Podcast Network. This is Dan Natterman with me, Periel Ashenbrand in studio. Uh, we also have with us Jordan Jensen, comedy seller regular is joining us also in studio, not in studio tonight. Noam Dorman, owner of the world famous comedy seller. I believe I was told you were having car trouble. Is that why you are uh, joining us via Zoom, Noam? Was that correct? I don't know if I should say this on the air. You know, I had a brand new Tesla. Yeah. Somebody backed into it in my driveway. Well, why shouldn't you say that on the air? Because the person who backed into it might not want me to disclose the fact that they can't back. Never mind. Never mind. I can't say it. Nothing. Okay. So your wife backed into your car. It happened. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Is it, is it like really bad? No, it turned out it's not, it's not so bad, it, but, but I didn't know that when I said, um, when I decided not to come, it, it's going to be all right, but it's, it's, you know, I, I've never loved anything as much as this car. Oh my God. <laughs> That's and see, why your wife hit it. <laughs> <laughs> and see it damaged this way. It hurts. It hurts. You really do like that car. Yeah, of course. I love it. Um, a lot going on, Noam, that would be of interest to you this week. Uh, first of all, Joe Rogan is at it again. He uh, apparently posted on Instagram a video, and I don't know if you saw it, but no, he's in the video. It's his it's his voice from one of the episodes that he did talking about, you know, you can't give the government power when you give the government power to to segregate people. They, they don't let go of the power. They want more power. And then somebody made a video using that voiceover. And in the video are images of Hitler, for example, oh, yeah. and that sort of thing. So anyway, um, what is this Hitler thing? I mean, I know what this Hitler thing is, but but I mean, is this really comparable to Hitler? Is everything have to go to Hitler? Well, apparently, yes. Ar argumentum ad Hitlerum or something like that. I and this is because this is because they want people to be vaccinated. Well, that was that was the implication. Yes. The implication being that 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 government power grabs lead to more government power grabs ultimately lead to Auschwitz, I guess, is the implication. Now, what last do you, what do you time think we, about that, Dan, la last time we talked about Joe, we kind of defended him and said, you know, he's a young, healthy guy. He had said that he's a young and healthy guy or that if he were in his 20s and healthy, he wouldn't get vaccinated. I think he said something like that. And we defended him. Well, statistically, you know, uh, if you're in your 20s and you're healthy, you probably won't die from COVID. And, you know, maybe that's not the most ridiculous thing in the world. I think this is harder to defend. Well, I didn't defend him the last time either, but I didn't like, you know, the stuff he said about ivermectin and stuff like that. But I, I was just saying that he in, in a narrow sense, he was right, but but that he was it's also you know, implying that other people shouldn't get vaccinated. I, I didn't like that. But what, so what do you think about this Hitler thing? I, I don't get it. I mean, I, I understand the argument. It's true that temporary matters never stay temporary. Rent control was supposed to be temporary. Uh, all sorts of measures uh, that, that we'll never get rid of. Yeah. But, you know, emergency but, measures. Well, the draft, you know, we send people off to war and then when the war is over, we send them home. And so if you use that as an analogy, we're at war and we're, 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 we're drafting people in a sense. Yeah, but a lot of people are against the draft. She, she needs to be closer to her mic or turn oh, off sorry, her mic. Sorry, sorry. How's that? Yes, that's, that's good. true. Yeah. A lot of people are against the draft. 
Although I don't, I don't know if people necessarily said the draft will lead to Auschwitz or to Hitler, but maybe they did. And I, and I don't know that the, that the same people that are protesting the vaccine have a beef with with the draft or not. No, certainly not. Are they are they protesting the fact that it may become mandatory, or are they protesting the vaccine in general? Well, the particular video that we're talking about basically is Joe saying, you know, you can't let the government take away our freedoms. Freedom is what makes America great. And once they start, they start nibbling away at our freedoms, then they there's no stopping them. And then somebody took those <laughs> words and overlaid a video wherein there was Hitler and this sort of thing. So and then and then Joe then took that video and put it on his Instagram uh -huh. feed and uh, endorsing the Hitler. So listen, this is the thing that gets me about the Hitler thing. Um, hold on. I, I turn off my phone because. Uh, well, if we, I mean, even, so listen, this is the thing that go ahead, Daniel. Say something. I'm just saying even without the Hitler thing, I think the notion that, you know, we can't let the government infringe on our freedom. Well, you pay taxes, you do jury duty. I mean, living in a society, there are obligations. There is no, no such thing as uh, unlimited freedom. And if you want to say that the vaccine is not good for one reason or other, but the idea that we don't live in a 100% free society anyway, there are obligations as a citizen. So I just, yeah, yeah, with, with stop, or without stop. Hitler, I don't, I don't see the logic there. Okay, but let me, just, let me just comment on the Hitler thing because it's what really gets me is that, I mean, any, nobody should be compared to Hitler unless unless the, the, the thrust of the comparison is the evil intention. And there's just something very wrong about comparing Hitler, whose goal and motivations were pure evil to a compulsory vaccine, which you may, you, you may have certain points as to why you don't think it's wise, but does, does anybody not understand that this is motivated out of a desire to keep people healthy and keep children from getting sick? I mean, like, it's such a weird thing to compare it to Hitler. I just, I just looked up what this was called, this logic. The, like, basically, if I'm like, I don't eat meat because I don't want to hurt animals. And somebody says to me, well, your iPhone was made by children. You don't care about that. The It's called a false in logic, a false equivalency. But it's also it is like wildly offensive to compare the two things. I mean, it is. And Hitler is this like immediate go to that people use. Nobody ever like pulls up a photo of Stalin or something. It is always Hitler, which is like I just I feel like imagining, I don't know, being somebody who actually was like a survivor of the Holocaust and then being like, see, this is the same would be so fucked up. Yeah, like they didn't they didn't give anybody vaccinations to prevent them from getting sick in the Holocaust in, in the concentration <laughs> <Yeah>. camps, right? <laughs> I, I, but but I do think Noam, some people do perceive this as evil. I don't know that Joe is one of them, but there certainly are plenty of people that do think that this is some sort of evil power grab. Look, there, there is one thing about the vaccines, which which um, I can't say I know is true or not true, which is that both these things are brand new, both COVID and the COVID vaccine. And nobody, but nobody knows what the long-term effects of either of them are. But we're all kind of, the smart money is on that the long-term effects of the vaccine, if there are any, are less risky than the long-term effects of the virus if you survive the virus, right? But for young people who, who don't expect to die from it. But so, so I get that. And you know, like, like when, when it's time to vaccinate my child, I'm going to have a pang of concern. Like, you know, I, I hope 
I hope this doesn't come back to haunt us in some way. It's it's brand new, right? Think things have it's not unprecedented that something turned out years later to have risks that people didn't comprehend at the time they were doling it out. So so I get that, but I don't but, but I don't see the Hitler thing. And also, obviously, I said this before in the podcast, but I think it's really an important point. It's not made enough. There's no there's no clear principle here because for instance, if if it was if COVID was the opposite, and it could have been where children were at the higher risk and adults were the ones who barely died, and we lost a hundred thousand, God forbid, or two hundred thousand kids, the way we lost a hundred thousand, you know, 70 year olds and above. Um, would anybody be saying you, you have no right to tell me to to vaccinate uh, to tell me to get vaccinated? It would be obvious that if kids are dying by the hundreds of thousands, that we'd all have to get vaccinated. So where you draw the line. You know, this is reasonable. People of well intentions can differ. We, we've lost, you know, we're moving up on a million people from this virus, right? So, and then also the final thing is that this freedom is also the freedom to freeload on the decision of other people to take the vaccine. That makes me uncomfortable. So the people who feel that there's not much risk about COVID anymore, well, part of that reason is because people like me and all of us got vaccinated. So if your freedom to do that is, based on the fact that other people took the vaccine, there's something about that that doesn't sit right with me. Well, and the Delta variant came out of being, you know, mutating from in people who aren't vaccinated. Yeah, but not in this country, in India. I have so many comedian friends, like not in New York, but in like the South who are not getting vaccinated and they're really upset that clubs are requiring it and they're, you know, all these things. And I guess it came down to like I was talking to one of my buddies and I was like, if it's like if you read Nietzsche, he like does all this thing where he's like, everybody's trying to control you. You have to like be against societal control. Da, 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 da. And then he like goes to see this like opera and he's like, oh, I, I, I understand now that I have to like do certain societal things in order to participate in these benefits of society, like going to see an opera. And that's how I felt like with comedy, where I was like. Yeah, there might be effects down the line, but would you rather you would you rather deal with that or gamble or just not do comedy right now, you know? And then, you know, their response is like, well, it's fascist that they should make that make, you know, me do this. And I'm like, you could say that about red lights, dude. You could say that about stop signs in the street. You know what I mean? Do they think <laughs> like it's dangerous or like they take other vaccines? Excuse me, vaccines or is this? They would say nothing that the government could ever could ever produce would be something that I would trust and nothing that the government pushes me to do is something why should I trust the government if you know what I mean sure okay but what about other vaccines though like are, are those like are they vaccinated against like polio and this is scary for me because of like the Shane Gillis phenomenon where it's like I'm pretending to be a person that I'm not they would say uh -huh. um I didn't choose to get those vaccines and I wouldn't choose to get them now Got it. I was a baby, you know. Right, right. Well, I know that Chrissy Mayer, who's a comic who was on this podcast a couple of years back, said she's boycotting clubs that um, that 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 require vaccination. And Jim Brewer also said that he tweeted that uh, he will not be performing at clubs that require vaccination. That uh, that he'll he's putting principle over money. Words but do to that these effect. people send their kids to school because your kids have to be vaccinated in order to go to public school? I mean, you have to private school, too, I think. Yeah, private school, too. But 
I mean, you, you have to literally provide, well, like, I don't know, th there's like a long list of vaccines that your child has to have. You can't send them to summer camp without a healthy proof of vaccination. It's not, vaccinations are not at all unprecedented requirements that we're used to. I don't remember as adults being required, but that's because I guess we had them as kids. Vaccinated as a kid, right. Yeah. Although I will say that, um, in in the past five years or maybe even longer being vaccinated against the flu has become mandatory at a lot of schools also for kids i haven't heard that so noam what do you think joe's mo is is that does he is he does he believe this or is it just a, is he just playing to his base if you will? oh no, i I, th I think joe rogan is a sincere guy i think he believes it and so what if anything do you have to say do, I, I listen, I don't dislike Joe Rogan. I mean, he, I, I disagree with him. That's all. I'm not, you know, I, um, I, I disagree. I, I disagree with him or I. I just don't know that he's from what from what I've heard. Spelled out an argument that I really understand. I mean, like I'm I'm pretty civil libertarian. I'm mindful. Yeah, this is, you know, when the government is telling you that you have to take some, you know, inject something that's new and you're worried about it. And if you don't do it, you can't work. This is not a, a small matter. I understand people wanting to give it a, a extra consider care. And it, it's worthy of some very, very um, serious thought, right? And serious conversations on both sides of it to, to really think it through. The But the you know, comparing it to Hitler and calling it fascist. This is just such to me, with all respect, people don't agree. It's just a very shallow way of handling that issue of all the issues there are. It's not creeping fascism. That's not the issue that I'm worried about. Biden is not there. Things oh, I'm going to get everybody vaccinated. Then I'll control the world. <laughs> That's just not what he's up to. Right. Is <laughs> he's, he's trying to he's trying to handle a problem that has killed upwards of 600,000 Americans. And he's trying to put this problem to bed once and for all. And everybody tells him, all the scientists tell him, vaccines are the best way to do it. So even against kind of his better judgment, because at first he said he wouldn't do that. He's like, I got to require everybody to get vaccinated. I don't know what else to do. I'm pretty sure if you shot him up with sodium pentothal, he would say pretty much what I'm saying, right? That's, that's where he's coming from. And I, I don't think this is going to be a first step toward greater government control. I mean, I hear what you're saying. Sometimes measures are taken and it's hard to roll them back. But I don't I I don't see this as it's just so ironic that. that he's posting this shit on Instagram, which is one of the biggest sources of mind control ever to exist. <laughs> Literally everything that this man does is uh, constantly on social media, which is telling him what to buy, how to be. You know what I mean? And it's like, get yeah, delete your social media and then I'll believe that you're, you know, a off grid libertarian. It's insane. That's I mean, great. The, the real the real issue that really that I think doesn't get attention, but not enough are these leaders who promulgate all these rules and then just don't follow them at all. Like the latest was this mayor from San Francisco, London Breed, who I you know, had a high regard for because she was an early she handled COVID very well early, like in, in February or March of 2019. But um, or was it 2020. But um, uh, she was she was caught in a club with no mask on. Right. 
And she said, I just got, I just got the spirit. I just had to dance. I just had to have a good time. And I'm, I'm not thinking about a mask right now. I'm having a good time. This is crazy. Well, it's hypocritical, but that, that doesn't necessarily mean that the, that what they proposed was a bad idea. You know, doctors smoke cigarettes and they'll tell you don't smoke and they do it. any. that doesn't mean that they were wrong to tell you not to smoke. No, it doesn't mean that, but there is something really bothersome about these people who've, who, who, put out rules which are inconvenient and they say it's for the greater good and then they don't follow them themselves because they're inconvenient. Well, if it's too inconvenient for you, maybe it's too inconvenient for all of us and maybe we should reconsider the rules or maybe you should follow the friggin' rule because you're a leader, you know, and lead by example, you know, I, I, it's, it's kind of, you know, something that we've all know you're supposed to do. Anyway, that bothers me. No, and there's another uh, something else uh, I, I in scouring the news and curating the news for this show and keeping in mind the kinds of things we like to talk about. Something else uh, I thought you might be interested in that happened this week. There was another uh, viral video of a white woman. And uh, let me uh, is our, is uh, Catherine D here or do we want to start this uh, Tell me about the tell me about the viral. What happened was this in Brooklyn at a dog park. Apparently a woman told a black couple, a man and his fiance, go back to your hood. She claims that the dog was start again. Start again. I I, I, because somebody else joined the meeting. Say it again. A woman, this woman in the dog park, apparently it's not in the actual video, but she was accused on video of telling a black couple to go back to their hood. She claims their dog was being aggressive and she wanted them to, quote, go back to their hood. The man says the dog was not being aggressive. It was a case of mistaken dog identity. But be that as it may, <laughs> in the video, the Are you saying all dogs look alike? The woman, okay. the woman uh, is on the video. She giving the finger to the guy. And then there, it seems to be the, the woman. It seems to be the voice of a woman, I guess, is the his fiance, it seems to be saying, oh, that's, you know, oh, oh, what Karen-ness, what whiteness. And that's about it for the, and then there's a white guy. He asked the white guy, did she just tell me to go back to my hood? And the white guy said, yes, she did. That's pretty much everything that's in the video. Was the use of the word hood like uh, pointed, like using the word hood because he's talking to black people or was it her own? That's the implication. We didn't see her in the video saying, go back to your hood. After she said, go back to your hood, the man starts to film her. And she and the man says, did you just tell me to go back to my hood? And then he asked this white guy, this witness, did he did she just tell us to go back to our hood? Well, that, and the white sounds- guy said, yes, she did. And it sounded to me like the black woman said, oh, what whiteness, what Karenness?" But I couldn't quite make it out. So I don't know if she said that. right. Well, well, anyway, that sounds disrespectful to me. Anyway, well, let, let's continue. The, so the woman issued a, a statement saying, she apologizes. She just meant for them to go to another dog park because their dog was being aggressive. There were no racial implications, but she it was a bad choice of words. She got fired from her company, <gasps> some platform, some uh, computer. I don't know what it is. I think it's a computer conferencing software. Company. Anyway, she got fired. So that's aye, the story. Aye. So we've seen this before, obviously. Oh, she got fired from her job. She got fired from her job. They issued a statement like, you know, we don't accept discrimination or racial hatred or whatever they said. And accept it being we don't accept it outside of our office included. You can't. I mean, it's I mean, 
I that woman is insane, but it is like if somebody's rap singing rap music in their shower and lets the N-word fly as you know, as the rapper was in that moment and somebody catches the video, puts it online, and that person gets fired. You know what I mean? Well, th- I mean, I don't I don't know if anybody would get fired for that necessarily. What do you mean? It's like I mean for, for privately using the N-word in the yeah, shower yeah, while singing a rap song, I don't know. But but in this case, it seems clear that by go back to your hood, there was a racial implication in that statement does does she deserve to be fired of course not i mean i mean let me say i i don't think anybody should be disrespectful racially i I think that's terrible if, if that's what she said even in the heat of anger which i know a lot of people um find themselves saying things like that in in the heat of anger you know uh um and i don't even think that's an excuse but i don't think I mean, I wouldn't fire anybody who told somebody to go back to the diamond district. Like, I, like I'm just not going to, it's not their job. It's not, it has nothing to do with their job in the olive tree to fire somebody because they lost their temper and said something disrespectful to somebody. I just, this is a terrible, terrible. So if this woman worked at the comedy cellar and, and there was pressure on social media to fire this person, you would respond how? Oh, if there was pressure, I'd have to let her go. <laughs> I would say that my I, that the the um I I didn't raise the people who work for me and and uh I I can be offended by them but this is as long as they do their job properly for me um I'm not going to get into their uh, personal lives. What do you think about the man in the video and you didn't see the video when asked uh, did she just tell me to go back? To, what if you were that man? You're in the in the park. Uh, you overheard a woman telling a black couple to go back to their hood. The guy takes out his phone. He starts filming it. And he says to you on video, did she just tell me to go back to my hood? What do you say? If, if she said it, I say, yeah. Why, why yeah. wouldn't I say? Well, you might say, look, I don't believe in online mob justice and cancellation. Leave oh, me out of this. You I might see. say that. What's that? Oh, yeah. If I knew if I knew everything that was going to come of it, I would I would not want to be get involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would. Yeah, I, I would probably be like, this is inappropriate. What you just did was inappropriate. I would probably not address the camera. I would address the group and be like, y'all do need to go back. No, I'm just kidding. I would be like, <laughs> you guys, this is insane. And what you just said was super racist and you should watch yourself. And you know what I mean? Like, I probably would try and not be. This is what really bothers me about. It. And I've made this point before is that if if they found out that this woman slapped her kid, she wouldn't get fired, right? Like 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 was abusive or or did there's a, there's a whole list of things which I could probably reel off, which are probably a higher offense than saying go back to your hood as as disrespectful as that is, right? She would not get fired for any of them. Like she could hit her kid, she could hit her husband, she could she could steal. So there's all kinds of things. That, that, so, that she could she could take some money. True. Um, Whoops! There's something with the sound going on. Oh, was cat is cat on the is cat on the. Oh. Call? I I'm on the call. Yeah. Oh, introduce her. <laughs> if someone's any kind of pest in the. Well, we got to introduce her. <laughs> well, if she's been we listening, she can't she... see her though. Oh yeah, I'm keeping my camera off. So, sorry, sorry guys. I I went to Florida and didn't bring I didn't bring a suitcase or anything, so I'm not. I don't anyway, have is, my is, my e-girl drag on. Introduce her, then let her let her chime in. I'll introduce her. This is Catherine D. She is an internet historian. She writes about the history of the internet. She can be found on Twitter 
uh, under the handle default friend. Ooh, Please good Twitter handle. You can't read her tweets anymore. She, she, they're private now, so I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's a story too. Uh, it it definitely, I mean, it definitely is a story. I became the the main character of Twitter a couple of days ago, so I'm I'm laying low a little bit. Well, we certainly <laughs> want to dig into that. that, but before we do, do you have any thoughts about the latest Karen video? Um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't think she should have been fired. I, I guess, like, my con- my contention with the statements you guys are making was like, if someone's some kind of like pest in their community and like they're you know abusing their kids, and then someone like like hey you know this woman is abusing her family she would it would impact her professional life for sure right like it's it's this just you know getting uh getting heat for being racist isn't the only thing that you'll get heat for i don't know i mean i know i mean don't we all know people who've done shitty things common knowledge and the people who work with them know it and I mean, and they they don't get fired. There are people that are. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a brand new knowledge, though. But like, no. Sorry, go ahead. Sure. I'm gonna say, like, if someone's like a sex pest, and like everyone knows that's one thing, but like someone comes and is like, look, you know, it's a sex pest, and they keep making it. They, you know, they keep making it. That you would even you would get fired in 1950. You get fired today. If if it's you do it at work. Well, I mean, look, yeah, I'm not, if, if it looks if it's a bad look for the company. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me just say, you know, as a boss, I've been a boss for like 40, you know, 30, uh, like 30 something years now. It wasn't until recently that it ever, ever came even on my radar that I might have to consider firing somebody for something outside of work. That was just something I can't say it, there was no scenario or it ever could have happened, but it was not something I'd ever heard of nor I think had any of us ever heard of it. It's, it is purely a result of social media. You'd never heard of someone like getting fired because they were like flamboyantly gay and it was bad optics for whatever corporation. But they were um, gay Yes, yes, yes. That, that, that would happen. But um, that was, that was something we considered was a bad thing to do. But yeah, you're right. There was, or, or um, there were people who were fired for being gay. Absolutely. A scandal like that. Um, uh, that was discrimination in my opinion, but yes, but I'm, but, um, I don't know how to compare that, but yeah, I'll give you that. But I mean, I, I, it never occurred to me that I had to fire somebody for anything that they did wrong. And I knew people who did things wrong. People I really did not approve of people who I knew people who hit women, you know, over the years, I knew I, we've all met people like that. They work. They should go. I mean, Fine if they should get arrested, but I don't see how a boss can can get involved. Like we don't know what we you know that she said go back to the hood. I don't I don't know anything else about that story. But even if I knew, is that would you would you punish somebody? I mean, think about if a judge was going to punish you with something the equivalent of losing your livelihood. Would would that be the punishment we would give to somebody who said something? We just would that would not be a, a commensurate punishment. Uh, you should you should we don't care if you have a family you're not going to work anymore you said something disrespectful that's it no more livelihood for you that's crazy i mean i guess like my point is like i agree with you it's totally crazy but this kind of attitude has always existed it's just the goal post shifted so it feels new like people would get like 
you know, they'd run out of town for being a slut or being, you know, a lifelong bachelor or what, you know, whatever thing it's, but we're, we're familiar, like, oh, that's clearly misogyny or clearly homophobia. But now that kind of energy is just shifted over to like perceived racism or whatever thing. Well, you know what, Kat, you actually made a good point. You made me think about it. And now it's, it's kind of, uh, 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 is that the word coalesce? It's, it's kind of coming together in my head. There were certain jobs which were very, very high profile, like a, a sportscaster who made a remark about black people or you know, somebody who turned out to be gay um, or somebody turned out to be having well, a teachers fair pro- that were gay were fired, I believe, in the in the old days. What's that? Teachers that were gay, I think, got fired a lot back in the day. But but so but what's happened now is that where there was a very, very small number of jobs which were sufficiently in the public eye that the employer would feel that pressure from the public that they had to do something like that. Now, every single job is capable of coming under that pressure. A waitress at a small restaurant, you know? And that's that's where, that's what's changed. So we've taken that very unusual circumstance of a very, very high profile situation where these pressures might cause an employer to do something bad, like firing somebody for being gay or, or firing somebody for doing something bad. But now we're all subject to it. And and it's crazy because obviously the mob gets it wrong at least as often as they get it right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's another thing is we really don't know what happened before the video was taken. It may well be that this woman was completely unprovoked in any way, shape or form and, and said what she said. And that's certainly possible. Maybe, or maybe she possible. uses the word hood. I don't know. People, I hear why people use hood has become pretty uh, ubiquitous, you know, I don't know. So, so, you know, if, if this were a court of law, that video would be insufficient to convict. We'd need to hear a little bit more or a lot more. The, and and again, is, got- is it serving like it, in my experience as, as a comedian, when a, when a male comic, gets shamed for, you know, being a sex pest, which is the best. I love that term so much. (laughs) Uh, I have found that publicly the remorse is there privately. It's doubled down. Like if my friends have been, you know, if if somebody I know has a woman was like, yeah, I just so you know, I don't feel comfortable with the sexual exchange that we had. It's rare that I get a call from those male friends being like, I feel so bad. I'm so scared that I did something that made her feel uncomfortable. It's usually like, I didn't do shit. What the hell is going on? She's going to ruin my life. Like it does increase the, it makes people double down. I mean, this woman who said this is not going to be like, now that I've lost my job, I would like to reform my behavior and my, and my belief system and ideology. It's going to make her probably more racist. Also, I mean, I got to wonder if, 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 if it was reversed and, even a white person or a black person said to argue with a Jewish person, Shalom, get the hell out of here. Um, would they get fired? Look, I mean, in my life, I've had people so. say, you know, <laughs> rude things to me about being, I was working years ago at the Greenwich, Connecticut, haagen ice cream parlor. And, and I, I gave some, I don't know. I had an argument with a customer. I was a bad employee. I'll admit that. I put the wrong <laughs> sprinkles on, whatever it was. Uh, so somebody said to me, oh, Leibowitz over here, uh, such and such and such and such. And, oh, my God. You know, and I How was they like, know hey, you were Jewish. Well, apparently <laughs> they know. And and uh, my thought, of course, we didn't have the Internet. We didn't have cell phones with cameras. But I don't think my thought would have been I got to get this guy fired. My no. thought would have been, yes, another asshole. And I deal with assholes every now and then. And there's such a thing as assholes in the world. And I don't 
That's you right. Know. You, w- you wouldn't have been your thought to get the guy fired. All right. So, uh, so we call you Cat because it says Cat's iPhone. Should we call you Cat? Yeah, you could call me Cat. Yeah, the, the way that you came on my radar is because a very, a very important public intellectual, I don't, I'm not going to say his name. I can tell you off, but just because I don't know if he wants to, sent me a tweet that you tweeted one time where you said, I uh, just saw stand up comedy so bad, I walked out more right wing. You know exactly <laughs> what I mean. And then, so then I looked you up. I said, well, you, you're followed by a lot of really, really smart people. So I said, well, this is, this, she must have something to say. Um, and then when I went back to re- like to refresh my memory about you today, you're all, you know, you're all locked down in private. So, so first thing is what was that about stand-up comedy that was so bad? You walked out more right wing and then tell us a story about why you can't show your face or tw- show your Twitter anymore. Look, Kat, it was uh, a bad <laughs> night for me. Okay. I wasn't performing at my best. Right? It was just like, you know, so I, I, I am, I am sort of on the right um, and sort of like a trope is that comedy has become like a little bit too, like, you know, like all uh, the the trope is, and this isn't what I believe, but the trope is that like all women comedians um, like only make jokes about their vaginas and their terrible sex lives. um, And everything's about trauma or like an appeal to some kind of activist cause. And I went and I saw a show and it was literally like a parody, like a right wing parody of what they would assume like left-wing comedy is. And and it was just, it was like, <laughs> it was it was so, I, I love stand-up. Um, and I, I have like a, a pretty, like di- a pretty diverse taste. It was like unbelievably bad. And like to make matters worse, there was like some like total like dork next to me on a first date who like was just commenting on every joke. And like the waitress thought it was funny somehow that he was like interrupting the show constantly. It was it was an awful experience. This was at a club in, in Chicago. Where was this? I think it was at the Laugh Factory, if I'm recalling correctly. In Los Angeles or in Chicago? No, no, in, Ch- in Chicago. Okay. All right. I have to take off. God, I would oh, pay okay. so much money to know who that comedian well, is so much. What, what is what well, if you have two seconds, George, what is comedy like in these other cities? Oh, well, I just went on tour so I can answer that. It is. I mean, it's hard. I'm at the cellar. It's the best comics ever. It's an incredibly diverse group of people. And then you go to other cities and I mean, a lot of it is uh, men. Men are the worst. Women are the best. And audiences actually do respond to that. Um, I like that stuff. I can't lie. It's funny to me. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of that. Um, I'm seeing a little bit. I feel like I'm seeing a little bit less like just down and dirty sex stuff and way more like, um, uh, I mean, way more, this is what happened in my family that traumatized me and made me into the person that I am. That's like a big thing. And that's a little irritating for me because sometimes I get to a point where I'm like, why don't you be a grown up and talk about who you are now as opposed to the strong people that abused you as a child and made you into this weak little bitch. You know what I mean? So I do think that that's a common thing where people are like, oh shit, I can like, there's a lot of um. I hear this all the time. I've even said it. Who got hit growing up? Big, big trope. Um. So, yeah, I feel like that's a common one. Delving into the childhood, blaming the parents for what they've done to make them into the shitty person that they are now. I have jokes like that as well. But that does feel like a common thread that's happening. Well, Al Lubell had a funny joke where he said, you know, my parents are, bl- are to blame, but I guess they can blame their parents. You know who I really blame? The Big Bang. 
yeah. Uh, have you seen the out? Uh, this is what did anybody see the Alu Bell documentary on Amazon Prime? I saw it. Boy, like, it we good. interviewed him. You weren't here, but uh, he's so funny. He anyway. was great. Right, I want to know from Kat was the jokes that were being told they were uh, they were, were they was it a woman basically being like my pussy my pussy is rank and my boyfriend so, it, was it just so stereotypical? Well, so it was like several people, you know, it was like 10 comedians or something. I mean, like one woman at the end of her set just started like talking about some like activist cause she was involved with. And like this wasn't like oh, an open mic night. Comedy, yeah. <laughs> It, it, I don't know if that's a, a specific, if that's a, a genre or something, but it's where it doesn't uh, like it doesn't make people laugh involuntarily, but they snap at it because it's like, yes, girl, I believe in your cause. It's not funny. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. It, it, I, by the way, if anyone wants to check, I unlocked my Twitter for you guys so you can hey. look at my deranged. My, <laughs> please excuse what you see. Um, but yeah, it was like not it, it was like a mix between like trying too hard to like appeal to a certain sensibility like there was a song about I don't I don't even know if I should say this because it might reveal who it was uh but like lots of like I actually like small dicks kind of jokes which I also didn't find particularly uh funny and definitely not the way they were told yeah Oh, well, so so this is so now you do, you've unlocked your Twitter. Look at the people who follow you and explain why. Luke, uh, Nick, Nicholas Claremont, who I know, he comes down and hangs out at theology. Barry Weiss, I know. Jesse Single, I know. Thomas Chatterton Williams, I I don't know him personally, but I know uh, people know him. Okay, Coleman. we have to say goodbye to Jordan Jenta. Thank you. Bye, Jordan. I know him. See you soon. Thank you Bye, so much. You. Bye, Cat. Very interesting. Coleman sure Hughes. I don't know if you know happen. who he is, but he plays in my band actually. Uh, <laughs> Camille, so all these people, how do they know you? How come Wesley Yang, we've had him on our podcast. How, how are you so well known? Um, I, I, well, I think from my writing, I hope, um, I also I have a, a podcast. Well, who am I kidding? No one listens to my podcast, but I think, I think these people follow me because of my, my writing. Uh, I have to, I have to start reading your stuff and I, I apologize that I haven't. So tell us how you got in trouble with, uh, with Twitter. Uh, oh God, it's such a boring story, but I, I tweeted something that got misinterpreted. That was like, I should have put it in like a longer thread, uh, but like on its own, it, it sounded really up my own ass. I basically like accidentally said that I invented second wave feminism, which obviously isn't true. And then just uh, thousands of people were, you know, calling me an idiot just all day. So um, I had to, to lock it down a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm, as you say, I'm looking up what second wave feminism is. I'm supposed to know that, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not even it's not even interesting. I mean, that's the thing. I didn't say something. I didn't accidentally say something racist or you know something like that. It just was. I was accidentally so smug that it transcended all politics, all class affiliations, and everyone wanted to take a uh, take a shot. All right, and and are you okay? Are you are you going to permit? purpose permanently disclose your twitter again or you're, you're you're gonna hide it again um i might hide it for a little bit but then i'll i'll come back i you know it's it's good to good to have the audience all right so dan so so what what do you think uh um what do you think about the state of comedy well i'm not, i'm not you know i don't necessarily have a good read on exactly what these jokes were because she's just saying that they were kind of talking about i don't know but but um yeah, I mean, I get my the state is is it's it's uh, there's good, bad and different types. And, you know, and 
Um, there are certain things I don't like. I don't like any jokes about women earning 70 cents on the dollar because I think the whole premise is bullshit. What do um, you mean? Pardon? What do you mean the whole premise is bullshit? I don't believe women earn 70 cents on the dollar for the exact same job because they're women. I, they I do in my place. <laughs> <laughs> so any joke about that, I, I don't like. Um, you know, um, do you do you I do I, I do not find audiences particularly uptight in New York as I mean everything's people ask me every day oh comedy must be so like thrown off by this woke stuff but I I don't find that the audiences really get offended do you well yeah I mean I had that joke like I said about George Washington and you know we talked about that and 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 you know well I mean, they, didn't, they didn't get offended they got a little uncomfortable because you talk about slavery but yeah, that, that that joke might have put people a little cautious 10 years ago. It wasn't like, I mean, you know, it's you're saying there's nothing new. Yeah, I, I don't I don't I don't think it's new. I don't know. I have a rape, a joke about rape. And you say the word rape and everybody really sort of tightens up. I, I think that there's topics today that wouldn't fly 10 years ago that that flew 10 years ago that wouldn't fly today, like Eddie Murphy coming on stage and saying, I don't want no faggots looking at my ass when I'm up here. Yeah, but that, yeah, but I don't, I, I don't, I don't, as, as unwoke as I am, I, I don't regard that as a negative. I'm happy that he's not telling that joke anymore. Right. That's not, I mean, yeah, not, I mean, not I, every right, movement, I, I, not every movement is a movement for the worse. Certain, certain sensitivities, even I will admit, I'm happy that they, that were more sensitive to certain things. No. Yes. No, I agree with you. I'm just saying that that audiences are sensitive to things they might have not been sensitive to 10 years ago. Maybe they're things 10 years ago that they were sensitive to that they would be less sensitive to now. As Overall, I don't think the state of comedy is in decline because of wokeness. So I'll agree with you there. Um, Aren't there a lot of comics? Perhaps you're one of them, but maybe not that I've heard say that they don't like going to college campuses. No, I, I, I don't. Uh, no, I'm not one of the people that have said that. Seinfeld said that. Others have said that. It may well. Be. I, I I typically don't get invited to colleges, and yes, they can be politically incorrect, and they can uh, politically correct, and they can be difficult audiences. But I never said. I you know they pay well, so I'll go. You know, and I'll figure it out. Um, you know, I'll do. I'll give them the shit that they want. Uh, Catherine, Cat, Cat, you there? Oh, you're muted. You there? Okay. Hi. Yeah, I'm here. I actually, I'm here. I actually did just read an article that you wrote. I didn't even realize it was you about these um, women writing these like uh, homoerotic stories about uh, characters and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Slash fiction. I write a lot about uh, like online fandom. So, so apparently, there's a huge thing where people write like porn about like Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock and whatever. You're like, you know, J J Jerry and George or what? I can't even imagine what it is. <laughs> Uh, it's, I, geez, I would love, I mean, not, I would, I wouldn't love it, but I'd be curious to see who the Seinfeld fan fiction writers are. Uh, but yeah, it's mostly like, it's, it's stuff that's a little bit easier to eroticize like Harry Potter or Twilight or that kind of thing. Anime. And it's, it's a big thing now. I mean, it's been a big thing since the seventies. I never heard of this. Well, Noam, you know, he's not necessarily abreast of, of, of all the latest trends. <laughs> I didn't know that on Reddit, people will sometimes write stuff like that about like, uh, I mean, somebody I know, like important CNN 
personalities or whatever. And I know that, that there's just like this creative writing thing where people will take a character and just, you know, use them in, in, in fiction as it were. And um, I, I've seen that, but I, I haven't seen this kind of like with two characters from this, you know, like Murray and Mr. Grant or something. If, if you're old enough <laughs> to even know that reference. Rhoda and Mary. No, and we cannot see her image, but her voice does sound young. Um, How old are you, Kat? Uh, well, let me guess before you uh, answer the question. Her vo voice seems 20 something to me. That's that's right. Um, I'm 29. OK, so I got in just that would have been very impressive had I said 29, but definitely uh, felt your 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 voice was in the 20s. How old do you uh, say I am, given my, uh, well, never mind. You can see. She can see. She can see, she can see me. She can see the gray. <laughs> you know, five years ago, I had no gray at all. Then all of a sudden, it just uh, just uh, started to take over. You know, I did. I Just to, ch to change the subject, because we have no particular subject. Well, uh, we do have some subjects, Noam, that I had submitted okay, to you. Go ahead. Go ahead. You do your thing. But I, I, can I, well, can I just do the thing I was. Yeah, go ahead. So I, I read an article today. Maybe it was in the Times. And it talked about Tarrytown, New York, which is a town near me and was lauding the fact that it was so diverse. You know, Tarrytown is very diverse. But the reality of Tarrytown and, and it struck me that that diversity, which can be very beautiful, is now meaning something different. So Tarrytown is a town which is is kind of like um, has like low income and high income in the same town. And it's kind of like a, a, a kind of like a town, in my opinion, right before like white flight takes over. Like we've seen this kind of thing before. It's not it's not diverse in the sense you have people of all different races in a community together, socializing together, um, living as one and a community in, in, in that beautiful sense of the word It's diverse only in the fact that within the geographical lines of it's almost as if they're talking about like. If, if the two sides of the railroad tracks are within the same town, that's diversity, right? And I just, and I just thought that was extremely shallow the way they, they, they they're almost on the verge of saying that diversity is no different than a town which is quite segregated because Tarrytown is quite segregated, even though, and they call it diversity just because of a census kind of thing. And it just it just struck me as a very well, um, they, it, oblivious they, what the concept of the diversity really should mean. Well, were they saying it's a diverse town in in a positive sense, or were they just simply stating a in fact? A positive sense. It's, positive. Yeah, it's a mixed grill here. Yeah, but that's not. But but I'm saying that the word diversity to mean to me has a connotation which has to be beyond the fact that you can count up people of different races within a geographical area. It has to mean that these people are actually interacting with each other. That, well, that's I, diversity. I, I think that it depends on the context. If they say we have a beautiful, diverse community, then you're right. If they say this is a demographically diverse community, then I think it can mean simply that there's different types of people here. Anyway, I, I, I'll show you the article. So I just you see little things like this all the time. You just get the feeling more and more that these these journalists are just desperate to, you know, funnel their own things through their articles. There was another article in the Times a couple of days ago about the crime rate, about the murder rate. It says like the murder rate is has tripled or gone up by 30 percent. And then the subheadline is, but other major crimes have gone down. And of course, not of course, but in the article, they never mention any of what the major crimes are. They 
they put that down. They put it in the sub headline almost as if just just like to soften the idea that murder's gone up because, you know, right wing people mouth water to hear that murder's gone up because it makes their point for them. And then you read the article and it's and, and it says that and certainly this is because of the economic stress of the pandemic. But then the natural question would be, well, then why did the major crimes go down, which are I looked it up it was like burglary and larceny and robberies. These all went down. So if the logic is that the pandemic caused all this economic anxiety, which led to murder, then then how do you account for the fact that all these monetary crimes went down? Wouldn't they go up? Right. So I'm saying it's just so stupid. And there's no there's no data for it. There's no logic to it. It's just this reporter who just doesn't want to admit that maybe something is going on here with violent crime. Maybe it's related to police standing down. Maybe it's related to the BLM protests. Who knows what it is? But they, they, they're so nervous that any of these things might turn out to be true. They just start piling on nonsensical, you know, disclaimer, I don't know, dilutions that, that don't even stand. A high school kid could look through these, these things. Um, it's just typical of what's going on. Anyway, go ahead, Dan. What are your topics? Okay. Well, for those cats still with us because, you know, uh, she's with us. She's, she's her, so I'm always wondering if she's still with us. She... Yeah, I'm here. Okay, I'm here Kat, as long Kat, as you guys. Today is, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Greg Giraldo. He's a comedian that used to work here all the time. And we should mention that today, as we tape, not as this airs, but as we tape the 29th of September, 2021, it is 11 years since the death of Greg Giraldo, who died this day 11 years ago. Wow. Amazing how fast it goes. Um, through, uh, his death was ruled an accidental overdose. Anyway, he was a very important part of the comedy community and the comedy seller community. Kat, have you, are you familiar with Greg at all? No, I'm not. Oh, the 20, well, 29 year olds, I guess, you know, may, maybe wouldn't be. Um, it might, if you are a comedy fan, it might be worth your time to go on YouTube and check him out. But uh, Noam, what do you think would have become of Greg had he lived? Where, where do you think he'd be today if you care to? Well, uh, I mean, if, if he had lived and, and was healthy, you know, because um, he had he had. Bouts with substance abuse long before he he overdosed, um, I think he would have been hosting The Daily Show. I don't think anybody could touch him. He's he was funnier than anybody. And he was, um, you know, he, he went to Harvard Law School. He was he was politically uh, uh, intelligent and hilarious. I mean, just just unbelievably hilarious off the top of his head. He was a rare talent. Right. You agree with that, don't you? I agree. I, I and so that he to say that he'd be hosting The Daily Show was tricky because The Daily Show hires who they hire. They hired Trevor Noah. Nobody saw that coming. I don't think you would have ever predicted that. But there was no logical, there was no heir apparent to Jon Stewart, but Geraldo would have been his heir apparent. Well, I, again, it's it's up to the powers that be at Comedy Central to say he would have been hosting The Daily Show, I think, is he certainly... And he's I, Hispanic, and he was Hispanic, so even if they were looking for diversity... Um, he would have qualified. I, well, again, he, he might have been hosting The Daily Show, but I definitely think would have happened had he not gotten The Daily Show job. I think he died prior to podcasting. Actually, I was podcasting in those days. I was one of the uh, pioneers of podcasting. I, Dan invented second wave podcasting. I, I started <laughs> podcasting in 2005 before they even called it podcasting. I just called it Internet radio. But uh, he but he's he died prior to most of that stuff. 
And I think he would have been, um, if, if not a star of, of TV and a star of film, and you never know. I mean, the powers that be, they either give it to you or they don't. I think he would have been a successful podcaster. And I think he would have been, men, you know, I, uh, Marin and Bill Burr and Rogan. I think he would have been in that league as a podcaster if he didn't have any other success because he didn't live long enough to he didn't live into the era of podcasting where wherein one could you know make millions of, you know as as a podcaster so his, I, I think that he would have at a minimum been doing that his death was um unbelievably sad next topic then i want to ask before we go i want to ask cat about feminism go ahead go ahead Dan. well um Brian Laundry is still on the lamb. Last I checked, that is the uh, the boyfriend of Gabby Petito, who went missing and was found dead in Wyoming. And of course, there's been overwhelming attention paid to her. And that in and of itself has caused backlash, because why are we paying so much attention to the young white girl? And when there are so many people of color and people, uh, uh, American Indians that have gone missing. Anyway, he's still on the lamb and dog. The bounty hunter thinks that he is still alive and his clo- dog, the bounty hunter, claims that he is closing in on Brian Laundry. <laughs> well, Dan, I have to admit, I have absolutely no interest in these uh, gossipy murder stories. Okay, so ask, ask. My Ken wife lives for them. My wife lives for these stories. Your okay. wife could probably solve this. If well, I, I find it pretty interesting. I think Most there's a good chance know. that Brian Laundry is, is dead. I think there's a good chance of it, but I wouldn't. Uh, Here's an interesting thing about this case. If you notice, it's always journalists who are like complaining about how the other murder cases don't get coverage, yet they are the ones with the power to pitch these other murder stories. That's right. Well, also, look, you can cover a story. That doesn't mean people are going to pay attention to it. So my big thing since this all began is everybody's people are saying, well, we should cover everybody. Well, the first point is, is that there's just not enough time to cover everybody and people wouldn't pay attention to it. Uh, but how much does covering this, how much would it help to cover these cases? You know, uh, especially if people aren't paying attention and you can't make people pay attention. People pay attention to this case. They're fascinated by it. No, but what was that show with John Walsh? Yeah, no, they caught a lot of people. What's it called? It was called uh, Unsolved Mysteries. Was no, that? no, no, no. America's Most Wanted. Yeah, America's Most Wanted. I mean, I think media attention helps a lot. It does help, but can, can you give every case attention? And and is there enough? People? No, but I don't think they're saying give every case attention. I say I think that they're saying there's overwhelming attention given to white girls that not even a fraction of that is given to the overwhelming number of girls of color that and boys probably uh, that that go missing. I suppose, but I I do wonder how much attention even if every day at the at the 10 minutes at the end of every newscast they did it they talked about that how many people would turn the channel how many people would be interested how come they stop putting it on milk cartons? also also when you when you focus on crimes uh that are maybe in, in the black community people you, you can't win you you can't win like i you know you, you can't win but i will say this i was sitting in the i was sitting in the window of the olive tree the other day and i and i was watching the street and New York's changed gradually, you know, and I and I noticed and I just, and I started to like pay attention to the various ethnicities that I saw on the street walking in groups. And, you know, there was so much 
just groups of mixed race people um, walking together, socializing together, laughing together. It was really heartwarming. It really was beautiful to see something that, you know, I, that I've been worried about, but many people worry about, like, you know, can, will we be a, 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 a multi-ethnic, you know, democracy? Can it really work, really work, you know? And I, what I was seeing on the streets of New York, it really did seem to be working. And um, there's something about this constant focus on everything bad, which I'm not saying we shouldn't be aware of the things that are bad, but we are missing. I don't think there's sufficient awareness of just how many good things there are in terms of relationships between people, at least in New York and in and, and, and many places, I'm sure. It's, things are not nearly as bad as you would think by just reading whatever the you know journalists are. are Can I just are, quickly say something about Unsolved Mysteries? You're, you're, you're certainly correct, Noam. I don't mean to give that short shrift. Yeah. I do a quick thing about unsolved mysteries. Yeah. I mean, America's most wanted. I'm sorry. America's most wanted. Um, I assume, and I don't know this, that they culled various cases and picked ones they thought would be the most interesting to put on America's most wanted. I don't know this. And I don't know how John Walsh picked, picked and chose the cases that they highlighted, but they didn't highlight every case. And I assume they highlighted the ones that the public would find most interesting that were the juiciest or the, most uh, interesting cases, I don't know. But, but um, you know, people watched America's Most Wanted because they were interested in it. So the bottom line is, if people stopped watching it, they would have yanked it off the air within seconds. And so the question is, is how much, how much pe do people want to pay attention to stories about the missing? And there's a limit. I don't know what that limit is, but at some point they're going to stop watching. Okay. Maybe. I don't. I, I want to say that no, I can't believe how sentimental you're getting in your old age. I think it's very sweet, and I would propose to you that maybe you come up every show with a heartwarming um, story to share with our listeners. Did I mention I'm taking? I just took ecstasy. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing I have a question about. Is well, but is it is it on topic? Because as I said, yeah. Braille, you're not authorized yes, to to uh, <laughs> change topics. And Noam had a question about feminism. You want no, to? No, no, it's on topic. Yeah, I just want. I want to close it because. Uh, so, so, so Kat. Yeah. As a, as a right winger. Tell, there's yes. a, a very open-ended question here. What's your take on feminism? What does feminism mean to you and where has it gone wrong? And then, we'll, and then Periel will disagree and then we'll go home. Go ahead. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, this is, this is a big question. Um, I mean, I look, I think like feminism mostly has turned into like it's it's not it's not specific to like women's needs. It's mostly about getting women into the workforce, which originally served its purpose, right? Because you need to you need equal pay, you need equal mobility to escape abusive situations, abusive families, abusive husbands. Um, but now we've sort of restructured everything, so it's a woman's life is viewed through uh, solely through this lens of like the professional rat race, and it's we've deprioritized everything about everything that's unique to womanhood. Um, we've deprioritized it or made it really hard to uh, lean into, excuse the, <laughs> excuse the language. Um, but I mean, like what's wrong with like feminism at large? I mean, that's a really difficult question, right? Like there's a, a million things, but there's also a million things that have gone right. So who, you know, that's a, I think that's a whole podcast. <laughs> am, I, am I wrong to, to feel that feminism now is seeming to stand for an extremely protective attitude about women 
that we just wouldn't have about men. It's almost like, for instance, this woman that Chris Cuomo uh, uh, apparently squeezed the, the butt of a, of a woman at a bar in front of her husband um, 15 years ago. And you imagine if, the, if she had done that to him, um, he might have been annoyed by it, but he wouldn't be writing an op-ed about it 15 years later and demanding accountability. He would be like, you know, uh, it, was, it, was, it was, in other words, it, it's just like, if we're supposed to treat women the same as men, it seems like more than ever now we're protective of women in a purely because they're females, even when they're not actually threatened or like she said, it wasn't sexual. She, she wasn't working with him anymore. It wasn't she wasn't nervous about anything. He was just she thought he overstepped. But women can overstep with men. Why 15 years later is the New York Times running this? That seems anti-feminist to me. No? Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with you. It, it, it is. And I mean, it, I think it's bad for everyone. And they, why that happens. I mean, there's there's so many like potential explanations. Um, you know, it, it could just be uh, like we're, we're, we don't have like well drawn boundaries. Right. Like if you go down the rabbit hole of that situation, ultimately you get to this this point where like we don't know what sex means to us in American society at all. Right. Like we talk about like a consent based model, like as long as you say it's OK, it's fine. You know, as long as both parties say it's OK, it's fine. But it that's that doesn't really hold up under scrutiny. So, I mean, I, I think it, 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 it goes this rabbit hole goes like way deeper than it seems on the surface, I think. And, and the thing is, ironically, to be perfectly honest and undercut my own argument, sort of, I actually am comfortable with being a little protective of women. It actually does bother me more when a man does it to a woman. I don't even, it doesn't bother me at all when a woman does it to a man, but that's because I'm not that feminist. You know, it's like, so, so all of a sudden feminism is coming into alignment with kind of a conservative view of sexuality. Nicole, okay, this is really- Nicole, do you have anything to, uh, to add to that, uh, what Noam just said? No comment. No comment, okay. Uh, I mean, for the love of God, like- yes. Yes, it, I mean, I, I've talked about like missing the forest for the trees. Yes, yes. I mean, first of all, we are a society that was created, you know, so deeply rooted in like patriarchy that I mean, to even suggest like half of this is insane. Can can you? <laughs> I mean, you want me to be more specific? It's like no, no. I I understand one hundred percent what you mean. You do? Of course not. You didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't agree, but that that's funny. <laughs> this is just like you know, we start we start with the patriarchy, yeah, and and so, so, so you so know, did, so did Afghanistan. <laughs> I mean, it goes back a little bit to, to what you said, Dan, you know, about how like you don't like these jokes about how women get paid less than men, which you may not like those jokes. But the truth is, is that, you know, our, our rights are far from equal and women continue to experience, you know, things that would never happen to you guys. I mean, we've discussed this. At, at Do you feel that? If a woman squeezes a man's ass and a man squeezes a woman's ass, it's the same degree of moral transgression. Yeah, I think it's inappropriate across the board, frankly. Well, that but, what... but that doesn't mean that. So, so then, so then, so then, just to put a put a fine point out. Do you think it's ridiculous for the Times 
to run an op-ed about this event 15 years later? Or do you I think mean, or do you think it would be you think it'd be appropriate to write a similar op-ed, even if a, a woman did it to a man? Okay, a man so can write an op-ed. Harry that- grabbed my ass 15 years ago and I want accountability. So here's the thing. I think that men that the I don't know about this particular piece, but I, I my aunt, I will say this. I think that men have been abusing their power since the beginning of time and yes. are granted the kind of pass that um you know, it, it is has been come under scrutiny only more recently, and and rightly so. So somebody like Chris Cuomo doing something like that is, you know, maybe being put under a microscope because he's Chris Cuomo. But things like that happen all the time, in in, in much you know more egregious forms, in in much more aggressive and violent forms. And nobody says shit about it. And I think that's really the problem. And also this thing about protecting women. You know, you look at a lot of these companies for, for maternity leave. I mean, the, it, it's non-existent. And, how, and what about paternity leave? I mean, if you want to level the playing field, I mean, men don't get any time off in this country. Women- I, mean, I think that's the point, right? Like it's there's we get distracted by these like he groped my ass and it was tantamount to sexual assault and you find it happened 15 years ago and we're ignoring these larger problems like we don't consider that women want to be mothers when they're in the corporate world and we don't have any sort of we don't position the corporate world to accommodate that and yeah, we focus on bullshit. Prob- yeah, that's a huge problem too. I, I agree. I agree with you. I, I agree that it's a huge issue, but I think also, you know, the assumption that men shouldn't d- don't get, you know, time off because the women are, are still the ones who are assumed to take care of the baby. Sure, I agree. I'm with you. All right. Well, listen. I, I mean, I, no, I want- and you know, I don't know why you never ask me what I think about feminism. I I know what you think about feminism. I, listen, we're all. I mean, well, I mean, I have I have. Such a cliche to say, men all say, but I mean, I, I, I talk about this stuff with my daughter. I want to make sure she can do whatever she wants. And I also don't want her to think that, um, I don't want her if to you're think. you're anti-feminist, she, why do you want your daughter to do whatever she wants? No, I'm not anti-feminist. Not a feminist. I'm not anti-feminist, but I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, well, it's, it's, I'm, I, I'm third wave feminism is what I'm <laughs> saying. <laughs> no, I, I'm, de I'm, I would be so proud. Listen, I'm for, I'm for equal rights. <laughs> For people, and there was a time when that, I guess, would really mean feminism. And, and of, of course, I want my daughter to have. But what I don't want her to, to think is that she's a blank slate. I don't want her to, to imbibe this notion that men and women are the same and that there's no such thing as femininity. And if she is feminine, it's a social construct and she's being brainwashed and blah, all, all this anti, anti-scientific stuff, to tell you the truth. I don't, and I, she gets that pressure at school. I, you know, she's coming home with this stuff. So there's this fine line between feminism, which to me should mean the absolute right for her to be and fulfill herself as a human in whatever way she wants, and feminism, which pressures her to to make choices that she wouldn't naturally make. And that that that's you know that's where I see the the issue. I mean, you're you're quite a bit younger than me, Kat. So, like, I wonder what it was like for you going to school or growing up. I don't know where did you grow up. I grew up in South Florida. Okay, so I mean, d- did you feel like you know there were certain things as a kid that 
you know, you quote unquote weren't supposed to do because you were a girl or were there certain things that were for girls and certain things that were for boys? Or did you feel like that wasn't so much of an issue? Um, I mean, for me, it, it felt like the, the, the issues in my community were like more based around class than they were around gender. I like didn't even, it didn't even like clock for me, you know, until I went through puberty that like I was a girl and that I'm somehow different because of my, you know, like there is no delineation. I do remember in elementary school in the band (laughs) and in middle school, for some reason, the girls were, there were no male, male uh, flute players in our band. The women played the flute and the clarinet and I played the trumpet. The men played the trumpet and the sax and the drums were all men. I don't know if that's because the teachers pushed us in that direction or we naturally chose it. I suspect I suspect we were pushed in those directions. And I don't know if that would be the case in a school band today. And in high school, there was a Regina Balantese was a name. She <laughs> and, and uh, I think she became a professional uh, musician, but she played the saxophone. And I remember thinking, what the hell is she doing playing a sax? Who does she think she is? <laughs> Because I had never seen a female sax player. But, but uh, no, am I, you're a musician. Are women pushed into certain instruments? And is that changing? I, I, I don't I don't know. The, I mean, when, when I like I used to go to a classical music camp, there were plenty of women who played the cello and played um, the violin, but not so many women that played the trumpet. And there weren't that many men that played the flute, but there were some. But so I think, yeah, the. The higher the pitch does seem a little more feminine somehow. I don't, I don't know. There, there's something, there is something to, to what you're saying. Um, but I don't, I don't know if in school bands today, if it's any different, if it, it, you know, or how that's played out. Cause I don't have kids, but. Um, I mean, I mean, it, there are certain realities of instruments um, that some are harder to play. Sometimes you need bigger hands, things like that. Like the string bass, Double bass, you have to be very, you have to be big to play that. So you wouldn't expect to see men. You do see some, but it's it's hard for a female, an average female to play that instrument, you know? And so I don't know. Maybe that has something to do with some of them. I have no idea. But certainly violin. No, anyway. I do suspect that maybe some of the women were encouraged to play certain instruments that might have had some something to do with it. That that maybe wouldn't be the case today. I don't know. Yeah. And then when women play the piano, I don't know. But then I think you're right. There's something to that. Anyway. Um, all right. Well, Kat, it's, 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 it's been nice to meet you, but the thing is usually we do it either in person or somehow when I zoom with people, I feel like I'm meeting them, but actually, <laughs> actually having just a blank this is the first time we've ever done this, right? A blank zoom yeah. screen. I didn't feel like I got to know you. Although as I'm Googling and everything you write and everything, <laughs> I would really like to get to know you, but, uh, you're, you live in Chicago. Yeah, feel free to reach out anytime. I'm gonna come to Chicago, well, but come, but anyway, maybe, maybe, maybe I, I will be in Chicago opening for Louis C.K. And I don't know how you feel about Louis C.K., but I will be there uh, in November, and I can let you know. Uh, no, but when you come to New York, sure. I, I can I can get Coleman Hughes to come down. You should come hang out at the Comedy Cellar and meet everybody. It's funny when you say Louis C.K. because the first thing I thought of when they just, when they wrote that article about Chris Cuomo squeezing this woman's ass, it, my first thought was, well, Louis wouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. Like Louis does what he did, but Louis would never put his hands on somebody aggressively like that, you know? So I don't know what's worse. It was just funny to me. Like, well, you know, 
just it was the first thing I thought of. Like, well, Louis, you know, would be actually, way be too shy, in, way too shy to have done something like that. I'll be there actually in December. I think it's the Vic Theater. Does that ring a bell? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know where that is. So uh, anyway. Anyway, Catherine D on Twitter, when you can get, get her, get her while she's hot on Twitter, because she's probably going to shut it down. Uh, she writes uh, articles online. She's followed by some of the greatest minds in the world, including Tyler Cowen. Do you know Tyler Cowen, Kat? Uh, I don't know him personally, but I definitely I know of him. Yeah. Yeah. And he knows of you. So these are these are heavyweight thinkers that that think that you're a heavyweight thinker. So that should be very flattering to you. All right. Yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, that's it, right? Uh, uh, podcast at ComedySally.com for comments, suggestions, constructive criticism. And my book, Iris Spiro, Before COVID, a novel is available on Amazon. Four nine, only $4.99 in the Kindle version, $14.99 in paperback. Uh, that is it. Um, Periel, her books, The Only Bush I Trust is My Own, and... Um, I forgot the name of the other one. On, on my knees. On my knees. How could you forget that? Are available as well on Amazon. I need to go. My son Manny's practicing his piccolo. Okay, I gotta go. bye everybody. <laughs> piccolo, he says. Piccolo.